First of all, a question came from last weekend's homily regarding my comments about the words of consecration. I appreciate the question because, honestly, I was not too happy with the way I had put things. So let me try again. Everyone should be consciously and prayerfully following along with all the prayers from the Mass. But as for the words of consecration, my concern was that there are some people who have a theological or spiritual approach that does not coincide with the Church's teaching. For those who think they can recite the words with the priest because they are somehow participating in the authority of the priest, they are making a mistake. But to simply be following along with the prayers of the moment is not a problem as long as you are not trying to say that your words have the same meaning or impact as the priest's. I hope that makes it clearer. Now, another question from last week on the Our Father that I spoke about last week, namely the doxology. Where did it come from? Remember, I told you if you have questions about parts of the Mass, to please contact me. So, where did the doxology come from? It seems the earliest that it shows up in any form is in the book called the Didache, which was from the early 2nd century. It became a contentious point after the Protestant Revolution because the King James Bible codified it into Matthew's Gospel, but it was not in any of the ancient manuscripts that have been used by modern scholars to create the modern English translations. So, it is not a Protestant creation, but it is not a part of the Our Father as Jesus gave it to us. It has been part of the Mass going back into the second century, at least, but it was not a part of the biblical record of the Our Father until the Protestants added it. It is most ancient, so we are not supposed to just dismiss it. But for those who try to think that the Catholic Church separated the doxology from the Lord's Prayer, well, they are just misinformed. So, we move on. The next section is a prayer for peace. First, there is an acknowledgement that Jesus prayed for peace for his disciples. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. And we are calling on that peace from Jesus to fill us. Then we turn and offer that peace to one another. There have been some concerns that the sign of peace given at this time is out of place. Some liturgists have argued for the last 50 years that it should be put at the very beginning of Mass. But they did not get that changed. I think it is where it should be. Think of it this way. We have just prayed the Lord's Prayer and acknowledged his prayer for peace for his disciples, so it seems quite natural that we should want to extend that peace to one another. Now, the instructions do say that the sign of peace given to one another is an optional thing. That's what it says in the red. So we do the red and say the black. <laughs> Have you heard that enough times now? There is a fractioning rite next, where if there's another prayer that the priest says quietly, May this mingling with the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. At which point he takes a part of the host that he has just broken or fractioned and drops it in the chalice. Again, we need to go back to ancient church practice. At this point in the Mass, every Mass in a diocese would pause and wait for a runner to come with a part of the host from the Bishop's Mass. It would then be dropped into the chalice as a reminder that every Mass is tied to the bishop, and that no Mass, no priest or congregation, functions outside of a connection to a local bishop. I find that fascinating. Like I said, there is nothing we do in the Mass that is not 
purposeful. You do not hear the prayer that the priest says about mingling the body and the blood because you are saying or singing the Lamb of God, which is a prayer for mercy and again a granting of peace from God. Notice we are asking for mercy again just before we receive communion. We are taking time again to remind ourselves that we need his mercy and healing that comes to us in the Eucharist. Out of the Lamb of God, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Grant us peace. Now, I want to back up to the gospel for a moment. There's a prayer that I pray for myself when I don't have a deacon. It is only one of two prayers in the Mass that the priest prays for himself. And a deacon takes that away from me. <laughs> I give him a blessing before he reads the gospel. Without a deacon, I would pray for myself. Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may worthily proclaim your holy gospel. Sorry, deacons, I just had to tease you. The other time of prayer for the priest himself is one of the two prayers just after the Agnus Day, the Lamb of God prayer. There are two options. May the receiving of your body and blood, Lord Jesus Christ, not bring me to judgment and condemnation, but through your loving mercy be for me protection in mind and body and a healing remedy. The other is a little longer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who by the will of the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit, through your death gave life to the world, free me by this your most holy body and blood from all my sins and from every evil. Keep me always faithful to your commandments, and never let me be parted from you. I prefer the longer prayer because of all it says, especially the very last line. Never let me be parted from you. I love that part of the prayer. The priest is then supposed to genuflect before the Blessed Sacrament on the altar. Then, taking the chalice and the host, the priest says what is, for me, the most important part of the Mass. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the Supper of the Lamb. In that moment, when I'm holding the body and blood of Jesus, this is the most extraordinary moment of the Mass for me. There have been times when I have wanted to stay right there in adoration. Also, I feel that that way when I genuflect just before I raise the chalice and the host. I do not know if it is noticeable, but my time of genuflection there is longer than the other times. That is, a, that is deliberate. This is, for me, the most sacred moment of the Mass, short of actually receiving Jesus. Another set of quiet words that is supposed to be said is said as he receives communion. May the body of Christ, may the blood of Christ, keep me safe for eternal life. And the priest receives the body and the blood one after the other. Now, may I do a little diversion? I will end with this today. One thing I miss, because I am now a, pri now a priest, is a chance to allow the host to begin to dissolve on my tongue. I used to love the way it changed taste to me as it began to dissolve. Because I have to consume the precious blood, I no longer get that opportunity to enjoy that change in the taste of the communion. It is just a simple thing, but it is something I think about quite often. There are simple things that change in our lives because of what we are called to do. I will finish up the parts of the Mass next week, then I will go back and look at the Creed. So, if you have any questions about why we do something during the Mass, 
this week would be the week to get your questions to me. God bless.